Welcome to Tanked Up, the podcast about video games and craft beer. I'm Ben, I'm here with Adol and Lucy. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hello. You did it again, Ben. Yeah. What did I do again? You, you, you changed it up so that we wouldn't know quite who was to say hello first. Ah, I like to keep you on your toes. Mm. That's what it is. That's the only reason. <laughs> the only reason. That's fair. <laughs> We're going to talk about lots of things this evening. Lots and lots of ridiculous, absurd things that have been happening on the internet. Including beers. They haven't been happening on the internet. They're going to be happening in our in our glasses, in our mouths. Mm-hmm. So, Lucy. Yes. What are you starting with? I'm starting with a new brewery I found. Uh, they're called Dark Revolution. Um, oh, I recently heard about them. Yeah like five minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> um, the base in sales... It's the really... apropos name, by the way, for, for the topic of the uh, pod. Oh? Mm. No, mm. it'd be Dark Levolution. Mm. The... Oh, very good. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I hate that word. Anyway, <laughs> Dark Revolution. For, uh, they're in Salisbury. Um, I'm drinking a West Coast Pale. It's 4.5%. It's called Solar. Uh... Uppercase S, lowercase O, dot uppercase L, and uppercase A. It kind of looks like, um, like, I'm no scientist, but it kind of looks like something off the periodic table. It's SO sodium? No, sodium's NA. Yeah, yeah, you see, I'm no scientist. <laughs> <laughs> LA is probably lanthanium or something, some other crap I can't pronounce. Um, or lithium and argon. That's AR. Anyway, mm. <laughs> there's not really any flavour text, so I'm just going to shut up. All you can do is just assume from the uh, from the art on the can. That's it. Yeah, it's yeah, called that's solar. Do. I don't know what it means. I'm sure it means something to somebody, but it's a West Coast parallel. Nice, 5%. nice. Adol, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the dipper from Partisan called Rowan, which they brewed. In celebration of the uh, fourth anniversary of Beer 52, it's been aging nicely in my cupboard. Um, in the dark. And I thought, oh, yeah, we're all fans of Partisan, and we sort of missed this in the month, whatever that um, came out. And so I thought, oh, why not talk about it? It might still be findable on the, on their website. And in general, it just mm. might be a, a nice way to talk about Partisan again without having to... With, 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 the fact that we've sort of talked about most of their regular offerings. Well, I think mm. if you're gonna age a beer, I mean, you're probably better off doing it with like a stout or barley wine. But mm. Dipper's probably not the worst one to do alcohol, yeah. and it'll probably keep it also for a few months, like a couple mm. of months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I suppose like the best before dates on a lot of beers, you know, they they give you what a good maybe six months, perhaps. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So yeah. Dependent, obviously, on when it was brewed, when you received it, after it oh, was brewed, for it to then sit in your cupboard, I guess. But yeah, it's yeah. just if you I want to say taste the hops when they're fresh or not. Mm. But, um, yeah. It is inspired by the woods of the Isle of Eriksska 
It's eight uh, percent. It was bottled on the first of December 2017, and their best before is the first of December 2018. So oh, yeah. Okay. They're suggesting an, a year as as a shelf life of, mm-hmm. a, of a bottle. Nice, nice. How about you, Ben? What are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a couple of beers that you and I picked up in the bottle shop last mm. week. Um, I thought, because uh, all of them are higher percentage still. I don't know why we had our big high percentage kick when we went to the bottle shop last. Uh, but this is the uh, Lervig Liquid Sex Robot. Oh. Ah, yes. Which is a double IPA, 7.9%. <laughs> I can't even picture what a liquid sex robot is in my mind. <laughs> uh, think, think of the T-1000 with dildo shapes instead of spikes. Well, his arms the, uh... kind of... Had that overall shape when he turned yeah, into yeah, the, the point isn't what, what, he used his puddle magic for mm, weapons, and you could easily yeah. use it for sexual toys. <laughs> I that like makes so also much more sense magic. in my mind. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you. puddle magic being the name of my uh, new indie <laughs> instrumental band. Yes, yeah, that no one's heard of, but you know, as soon as you know that they're there, they're, they're, it's not cool to like them anymore. Obviously. <laughs> Now, none of our listeners will be able to um, to say that they're cool. Uh, Lucy, <laughs> jump back to you. How is the beer? Uh, it's, a, it's a typical pale ale. It's, it's neither amazing, but it's not bad either. It's very middle of the road. It's um, kind of straw-coloured. It's quite light, um, mm. quite cloudy. Only a little bit of light bleed at the bottom. Uh, it's got nice lacing on the glass, nice... Uh, well, at the time, like, one finger, like, really white head. But, um, yeah, it's really hoppy, quite bitter. It's really dry, though. Um, so you keep want to go for more and more. And for a 4.5% beer, it's, that's fine. It's quite light. It's not heavy. Yeah. So, yeah, this is typical session pale ale. It's good. It's good. Uh, good first impression from them. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, well, as you, as you guys know, I, um... I have had something from Dark Revolution. I cannot remember what the beer was. Um, picked it up from the Beer Emporium Bottle Shop in Bristol because um, they stocked them there. I think they had maybe two or three offerings on, yeah. not, a, not a huge amount. Um, I think their core range is something like 12 beers or something. So wow, really? Quite a bit, yeah. So yeah. Different styles and everything. I, I picked up two today, um, but I, I'm sure I saw a Saison there and mm. um, like a Milk Stout or a imperial stout one of them so yeah okay a nice. decent offering good it'd be interesting to see if their sort of like their core beers are you know as you kind of are finding with your first few sips of the the pale you know that they're good but not kind of um outstanding is the wrong word to use mm. isn't it but they're they they they're good core beers i suppose yeah. solid yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and they're really fairly priced. I think this was like two pound thirty or something like that. Wow, really? Thirty mil can, and for a newish brewery, if they they are new, I'm not sure, but um, that's fair pricing because if you're only uh, you know, producing so many liters of a certain beer on a particular scale, then you know, you could charge mm. cloud water prices for it. But um, yeah, really fair prices. Nice, good. Uh, Adol, how about you, dude? Um, the Rowan. The, the Rowan. It's um. It's got almost no head. It's got quite a citrusy um um nose with a little hint of sort of a passion fruit, maybe so a bit of tropical citrus. Mm. 
That's really lovely. Mm. Um, despite sort of low head, it's got a bit of a, a carbonated mouthfeel. Leaves it wet. Um, you still have those citrus notes throughout. Um, it's got a nice sort of burst of hoppiness right right away, um, which goes well with that um, sort of feeling of, of carbonation. Yeah, that's um, good because like a lot of dippers, I feel are like very not flat, but they're not too carbonated and can get a bit heavy. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's got like just like mm. a smooth, like almost milkshake kind of quality, but a bit of carbonation moving that around. Yeah, I can imagine that would go down even quicker, which may not. Mm, it, be. It, I mean, it, it is my sip, my second sip was much larger than the first. Um, it uh, the it, it fades, like I said, still quite wet. There's a lingering bitterness, but it's quite low. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the the bitterness is just there throughout, but you have this burst of hoppiness and citrus um, right away, and then you get a hint of sort of a, a bit of a maltiness, and then that fades as well, and you're left with this sort of nice wet slightly bitter finish um so in a sense the bitterness kind of makes you want to drink more but it's mostly just oh i want to hit to have that burst again like it's the flavor that's drawing me back more than anything else mm. nice nice i seem mm, to remember I, I seem to remember enjoying it and as you said lucy it being one of maybe the better beers from that that box that batch, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Nice. Um, and uh, coming back to something you just said, Lucy, this um, liquid sex robot, it doesn't quite have <laughs> that. I'm um, laugh every time you say that. <laughs> it's got a very, very slight bit of carbonation, but that does fade very quickly. And after a couple of sips, it does have that slightly more uh, heavy, viscous uh, mouthfeel to it. And it does, mm. it does feel very much sort of almost like you are drinking a juice of some kind. Um, it's very, very fruity. Like, mm. p- pure just tropical fruits. Just so, yeah, so yeah. orange in, in kind of uh, colour. It's it, mm. exceptionally hazy. Um, it, it kind of almost looks like that. Um, when we talk about, you know, certain beers having certain looks or qualities, it, it almost looks like a dare. It's got mm. that kind of murk to it. Almost, uh, I couldn't. I could uh, trying to taste through this. There's a lot going on with the different fruits that are kicking in. I'm getting a lot of kind of like orange on the nose, but in the flavour, you're getting a bit more. Maybe not. Uh, maybe a little bit of sort of like passion fruit or something like that coming through as well. Um, just pulling away maybe from a more citrusy kind of flavour, uh, but it does give you a nice hit of bitterness. Which which lasts quite well, uh, and it's 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 dry. It's not super dry. Not the brand. It's not the brand. Dry. No. no. Mm. But it lingers for a little while, and that that fruit flavour lingers for a little while. You know, it doesn't. The fruit flavour doesn't disappear, and it kicks into this bitterness. Mm-hmm. That fruit flavour sits at the back of your mouth quite nicely, mm. and even now, from that sip, I'm still getting little bits of that. But that bitterness kind of just sits at the sort of like on the front of your tongue. So when that fruit flavour has the initial flavour of that has passed and the bitterness kicks in, it almost switches. So you start off with the fruit flavour and the bitterness backing it up. And then at some point it switches and the bitterness is the main uh, quality to it. And the fruit flavour is kind Mm. of backing up. And it's almost a nice uh, um, change 
that the beer sort of has while still retaining the kind of like the qualities of it. You know, it's not a, a, a dramatic kind of difference, but it's nice that you're getting something on the initial sort of sip and then a couple of a few seconds after it, that it does change its quality very slightly. So, mm. yeah, it sounds, sounds like a good beer. Mm, I'd mm. say it's very well made. Yeah. Mm. Especially on a day That's like nice. this when it's slightly warm. Yes. Just the evening now, still light and sunny. Mm. Night still mm. young. Have a few more of those. <laughs> Especially if we're on some big beers this evening. <laughs> Good. Should we get into it? Should we talk about a? Oh, I don't want to say yes. <laughs> I don't want to say no. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it. No, let's talk about it. Oh, yeah. uh, so, a game was revealed yesterday, and you you probably read about it, perhaps. And the the reaction, the general internet. Uh, <laughs> what's the Fervor. word I'm looking for? Fervor. That's a good. Yeah. Yes, that's a good. A good word in both senses, and people enjoying kind of what it's done, and in the opposite direction. Um, I don't think we're going to talk much about the actual game itself or the reveal, <laughs> but probably more about the internet's reaction to it. Uh, <laughs> This, of course, was Battlefield 5 or Battlefield V. It is definitely supposed to be V. I'm sure it's supposed to be Battlefield. Battlefield, well, it's Battlefield 5, but they're, they're titling it Battlefield V rather than the number. Um, I don't know why they've moved to numer- uh, to Roman. Um, uh, maybe they're call- following digits, Call of Duty Blops, which it- has their insane Blops... I I I I, which isn't even Roman because it should be I V, but they wanted to make a little shield out of the icon. Yes, like mm-hmm. I know, four eyes. That makes more sense Nerds. than the battlefield one. I mean, this should be the biggest travesty of the day. Just the their numbering and naming, but sadly, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I don't think many people care about that. To be fair, that, that's the problem. <laughs> they should. <laughs> You know, yes, they should possibly. respect history and this historical language. Oh, my God, They care yes. about something which is even less consequential than the name of the game. So, Battlefield 5, Battlefield V, has given a, uh, a release trailer. They also gave, like, a reveal event. It was about an hour or so long, wasn't it? Was um, it that long? Yeah. I think so, yeah, oh, where I they went into... immediately. Uh, you, <laughs> Just yes. watched the trailer, wasn't it? Yes, and then you went away from the the odd panel type discussion thing that they were doing. Yeah, because I don't care. (laughs) That's fair, and that's fair. It's nice that we get these things, especially for people, you know, the fans, but Mm. I I don't think there's a game that I care that much about to watch an hour of coverage like that. Yeah, that's fair enough, that's fair. Um, So the big takes uh, that people have set in. So it's a World War II game. Oh, that's unique for a shooter. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be the voice of the internet this evening? Is that what you're? Um, no, I, I can. I can only go that far. I cannot possibly continue that particular. We'd have to bleep half of it out. Yes, yes. <laughs> I also don't want it to be on record. Me saying all these horrible. <laughs> that's fair. That's very fair. Uh, so yes, the setting is important uh, because the main takeaway or the main issue that some people seem to be having with the game is that it heavily features uh, women, playable women, 
Um, and there's I, a woman um, on the box there's art. There's a woman on the box mm. art as well, yes. Women are definitely taking kind of front front of uh, front of stage, it, front it and centre of stage be, on this. It might not be, because the um, the black guy who was on the cover of the World War One yep. game, he, he was just basically the narrator over the f- opening chapter of that game. Yeah. He wasn't... There wasn't... There wasn't any... Like... Missions. Because it was set in vi- vignettes. And... Mm-hmm. You know... Yeah. Like, War stories. Exactly. There so wasn't a... Yeah, the tank and the plane and... Mm-hmm. The Persians. It's not like Battlefront 2, which its single-player campaign was mostly that one... Character, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Iden Verso, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I think with Battlef- Battlefield 1... Uh, the only the extent to which um, that that character kind of appeared again was wasn't he the like limited edition statuette uh, right. that yeah. came with one of the deluxe editions or something like that? But, but you're right, his his involvement nothing. in the game was very very small. Yeah, so this this is why woman being on the box, you know, the co- cover of the box doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be prominently featured in the game, or if at all, or if it's just sure. multiplayer characters. Yeah, it, it could very could well be. be. Could be it could, could very well just way, be yeah. just be avatars in the multiplayer sort of session. Mm. Um, I would imagine mm. they'll probably touch on it in the in the war stories in the single player element to it um, because she was kind of the main character going through the trailer as well, wasn't she? Yeah. I mean, there was a, she, there was a was, few um, of them. There was kind of like their squad, wasn't there? But yeah. they were kind of she was the one that they she followed the most. Yes, well, she did talk as well. She narrated. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I mean, that's kind of. The, the the biggest issue that some people are having that they're saying that Battlefield is trying to be or Battlefield have come out saying that they're trying to be historically accurate or maybe not quite those words they've said something to a, a similar effect and people have come out saying oh there's no women in World War Two no which as you say is is not true um. I know it's not true because I played a, as a woman in Valiant Hearts, and that was a good game. And no that was one a very good game. That. They didn't. No. They didn't. And I, I not do a lot like of the tweets. Dude, bros are playing a, a Ubisoft <laughs> UBR engine. UBR engine game, yeah. 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 <laughs> they were like, "What is this indie crap?" Throw exactly. It, throw it in the bin. Yeah. Um, I, I do like some of the responses on Twitter as well. That um, <laughs> one of the Medal of Honor games also had a woman on the um, on the front of the box. Back in the PlayStation Two era, and uh, no one complained about that. Well, or at least the if they did, was less of a thing. Yes, and at least being if they a did. Straight they... up Nazi was less of a thing as well. <laughs> 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 being so open about it was uh, yeah was was less. It was than more perhaps. frowned upon. Yes, back yeah. tw- fifteen years ago. I think it's How still pretty, which is so fucking bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> we're further away from World War Two, yeah. I mean, to be fair, mm. because because of its battlefield, you'll be able to play both sides. Hmm. Mm. And and presumably, some of these people think that there were good people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Very nice people. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Nice people. Really good people. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, <laughs> Bigly. I, actually, I wonder if we... Because we didn't... So when uh, Wolfenstein, the New Colossus or whatever, 
came oh, out. God, that was so there were there were these people about being demonizing Nazis. So I wonder if the reason why that didn't happen is because you can actually play as them. Ooh, mm. possibly. possibly. Yeah, kind of like shooters have never really had that, except in the single player. But which, good lord, if Dice makes like you have to play Nazi missions, that would be an interesting. Interesting move, be, which is not necessarily be. bad, but it would seem to play into the hand wasn't, of. Wasn't it in one of the Call of Duties? You were playing most of that game as like a. Was it a German soldier or was it a Russian? Soldier? I can't remember. But you were not on like. Just standard Western. Yeah, the Allies. And... I'm sure it was, but as you say, like. It's crazy that people, you know, in the same vein that people are complaining about, oh, I don't want to play as a woman, this and that. People aren't so complaining about playing as a Nazi in multiplayer, you know? Yeah. You know? The- even even during, in the era where, where Nazis were clearly the bad guys. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you just did it because you were playing a character, presumably, but actually it's because you were still playing a dude to some of these guys, I guess, yeah, which true. is super fucking Possibly. strange. Imagine yeah. if it was a female Nazi. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that might go down. female Nazi. <laughs> exactly, exactly. How dare you lead an affront to my masculinity with your yeah. female characters and your female I mean, Nazis everywhere. It, and How dare you? Of course... The, All the that money that isn't... went into boob physics could have gone on to, yeah. you know, extra assets or textures. <laughs> extra <Yeah>. assets. Yeah. <laughs> Beat me to it. I mean, what what it's just so sad is that it's just a sprite. It's not like you're going to be... It's not a stat-based game or anything like that, and you could choose not to play, presumably, as a female. Um, but it's just... Um, I think the big problem is even if you these tweets which are like you know they're here, here's a sh- shot of a bunch of female snipers if, you know mm-hmm. and they had X number of kills and or you know this many women actually served at various parts in the military that won't that doesn't matter because it's not actually about historical accuracy right I mean the, this it's about the perception of social justice gone mad all these mm-hmm. social justice warriors making games have non-male non-white characters and, and clearly because because it's clearly an organized campaign that hit, reaches the top levels of gaming despite the fact that we still have real shit representation across the board so mm. this organized campaign is really bad yes there, there any non-white male character is a confirmation of this i this idea of this agenda that's that's percolating mm. the the medium mm. and it's i mean it's this this like we're under siege mentality that that means that you could show they could probably have shown women in just administrative roles and they'd still be angry that women were in their 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 boys go shoot them up game because when you think about it like games are sort of like that last bastion not that games were ever always just marketed towards white males but this is like the last bastion of hope for them where it's like oh yeah every almost every character at one point was a white male mm, it's yeah. like you know it's everything you know comes into this millennium it's like oh there are other people in the world you know yeah, historically oh, shit. accurate or not you know yeah. it's just like 
I think they're just going to die on that hill and good luck to them because they're going to yeah, need I mean, it. But they, they, yeah. they are still fighting it in like comic books and TV and That movies. is true. Um, it's but just not as um, loud and as extreme yeah, as in games. But and and I gaming. think these yeah. are, because these mediums have been around for longer. You're you're already starting to see TV shows and stuff t- do other representation, other other types of movies. I mean, the a great example is the MCU, which was is still mostly the the old guard of the MCU is still white dudes. But like, mm-hmm. the biggest non-Avenger film is Black Panther, and that was. Clearly, a moment of recognition on all on all sides of like like all kinds of demographics fucking saw that movie because who Except didn't see me. that movie? Because <laughs> I oh, don't okay. care. <laughs> but like but I get what you're that, that that's a thing that that um took a long time to do yeah. right a blockbuster mm. action movie that had two white guys in supporting shitty roles, um and. I think, unfortunately, gaming is a medium because uh, it's younger, but also because it's still it's not fully in the mainstream, and the people who, unfortunately, grew up supporting games and stuff, are also um, very vocal, mm, and they want to tie the, they want to tie things to an era that um, they're used to, and we see that we've seen that in movies and stuff, but mm. people have gone past that, but. The big problem is gaming culture is still so wrapped up in that kind of shit that in a way that you don't have a vociferous movie gate type thing to yeah. there's not this grouping of people who are you know attacking um producers and studios in the same way at the mm-hmm. same level drowning out all the other voices. A yeah. lot of people who like games because of this toxic nature don't talk about games even yeah. if they are a reasonable person of whatever demographic. It's a shame it's it's it's, uh, you know, it's obviously not everyone. It's probably, you know, the vocal minority. And thank God it is a minority, but it it's like craft beer. It's like that's usually been skewed to males, you know, typically like advertising yeah. and everything like that. But, you know, because the bottles a, aren't pink. <laughs> yeah. But overall, it's such a welcoming community, you know? Mm. So it's, it just doesn't gel with me doesn't make sense why no, no, gaming I... has to be this outlier why does it have to be that yeah, when so well, many people play games it's a weird one because we have um, I, I suppose things uh, so you, you were saying Adam, that maybe uh, the people that are sort of vocal about this and are talking about this have, have kind of like they're from a you know an older generation that have grown up with games and and suddenly there's all this stuff going. and so I was I was going to say that a lot of the stuff I've seen seems like it's come from um like a younger generation uh you know like people who have been playing games in you know mm. only for maybe the last five odd years something like that people in their teens and their early 20s which seems to be mm. quite vocal in this area and I don't know whether it's something to do with, um, you know, with big shooters being popular, with chatting through headsets on multiplayer yeah. games, being um, uh, like the environment that these guys have gamed in quite a lot, and those that that doesn't take much for it to sort of spark and to become a toxic kind of chat room yeah. whilst yeah, you're playing a game. They're, they're more so, impressionable, you know. Very much, you and see if a you're just spouting crap, yeah. Yeah, kids part of that as well. You know, yeah, and that's if you're why growing people, up, kids think PewDiePie saying all the crap he does. I think oh, exactly. It's fine. 
Yeah, yeah. Because no, black kids, Jewish a... kids will think, oh, that's fine. Yeah, and if yeah. you're growing Just up a... in these kind of environments, it becomes easy for you to start to spout the same kind of rhetoric for this to actually course, become, yeah. you know, in become your thoughts rather than it just being something that uh, you know someone that you're talking to was was thinking. Or suddenly you uh, agree with them, and then you become part of that vocal uh, minority on Twitter because someone is obviously taking something away from you in some kind of way by making mm. you play a woman or a person of color rather than another white dude and you can try and whether you're if someone from a younger generation whether you're an older person it doesn't matter who you are when you try and try and criticize something by saying oh you're meant to be you'd say that you're historically accurate but actually women only made up this percentage of the of the fighting forces of whichever countries that they made up think, so what? who gives a fuck mate if, if it was one woman they put that one woman on the box. Exactly, the exactly. And <laughs> yeah. stories, stories are always meant to be the most interesting. You know, you read a novel, and that is probably the most interesting point in that person's life, which is why someone has written a novel about it, because it's an interesting <laughs> thing to read. So stories in games are going to be the same kind of thing. It's an interesting story to put across. And if it's you do odd. have, if you have, you know? if one woman, if one fucking woman fought in World War Two, why wouldn't you want to tell that story? Yeah, because women don't matter. <sighs> <laughs> oh. You are the voice of the internet tonight. <laughs> Someone's gonna fucking cut that. Do a lot of time <laughs> yeah. Trouble. That's it. You'll see it on. You'll see it on Facebook being used against you at yeah. some point. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but it really does sort of. I mean, so one of the things is um, because of these like these communities and stuff, it, it's the echo chamber problem, right? And in fact, if, I mean, the problem one of the problems is that the the toxic nature of Gamergate is actually what sort of boiled over into a lot of these other alt right groups, mm-hmm. and so I mean, mm-hmm. to a very extent, sort of strong are. extent, they've been this echo chamber has been going on strongly and negatively for quite some time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean. Breitbart, there's a reason Breitbart sent Milo to Gamergate for a lot and yep. started to do these things, yeah. and it's it's sort of it's a it's a touchstone for a bigger societal problem. And unfortunately, a lot of these people also self-identify as gamers, and then therefore their their vitriol, which might be sort of spread across other voices and other mediums, because some people are just political or whatever, and mm-hmm. um, they they've just shouted down the rest of gamer culture's points of view for so long that like no one tries like i said before yeah but it also just seeing all their tweets just makes it worse they think mm. oh yeah this guy agrees with me dice is clearly terrible and overrun by sjw's yeah 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 the writing was on the wall for, for that and then had gamergate well, just I, yeah you know crept into you know just planted the seeds for where we are now but um yeah but yeah it's Sad state of affairs. I mean, it's I mean, getting better. It's getting better. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I you mean, see so I have many to say people kudos saying to... the opposite, saying, yeah, this is yeah. great. Inclusion. Yeah, is true. Kudos to Who Dice cares? for seeing that they, there's no way they didn't know they'd get flack oh, God, for putting a woman on course, the cover, right? And they, were, they, I'm sure they just ran the actual numbers versus the Twitter numbers and was like, we'll get a lot of press out of this and most people will be like, meh, or cool. Yeah. <laughs> I also like the fact that it's essentially 
being mad about i mean i know there are female characters etc but it seems kind of being mad about box art is the dumbest thing ever because who cares about box art in general yeah like (laughs) if 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 video games went the way people but it's like nintendo nintendo fans who are some of the worst as well shouting down developers because the like two by two inches like screenshot on the the little thumbnail thumbnail in their library Mm. they don't like it and people go on forums and go on twitter about this stuff can you imagine if your life was that not that complicated i wish i had that much time (laughs) (laughs) um i've got games to play yeah (laughs) even though we're getting better representation of box art I'd be okay if, like, they'd made video games kind of like they've done here in the UK with cigarettes and just playing box with titles. Wouldn't care. Yeah, yeah. Just, just do it. You yeah. still have trailers. You still have the game. It's so un- inconsequential. And also, I really do hope that there is um, great actual legitimate female and other minority representation in the gameplay. I'm not trying to downplay th- that part. But I didn't watch the hour-long thing, so I don't know how much of that featured... I don't think anything of it was... uh, I think it was just a trailer at the end. I don't think there was any gameplay. I think they were just mostly talking about it and showing concepts on it. Yeah, so, so, I mean, it literally doesn't matter. No, of course it doesn't. (laughs) And and, and also, I mean, in a strong sense, I also want to make sure that it also doesn't matter even if these things were prominent in the game. Yeah, Mm. it's the same as if... It wouldn't matter if it was all white dudes either. Because it's a game. Who cares? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> One thing I, I will say is also game. the type of nonsense we've typically been able to do in Battlefield games is not historically accurate. Like respawning. Yeah. You mean like yeah. yeah. so, World War II? So you could you could re- respawn at, in different in different um, bodies. That would be a neat idea. If your skin constantly <laughs> changed, and I mean your People skin, I mean throw it out you would cycle window. through races. <laughs> Um, but like that, I mean, that would be a unique gimmick. Like, yeah, you, you played this dude. That dude's fucking dead. And well, that's you know what? what you did in the, the start of Battlefield 1. Yes. You know, at the very start when you, yeah, yeah, you did, yeah. Which I really liked. But can you imagine if the multiplayer was like that? And your stats were per life? And whoever had the best life <laughs> at the top of the leaderboard? How I different think... a game it would be? Oh, that'd be very interesting. Yeah. Let's make them right? do that. Tweet them now. Tell them yeah, to put that in the Battle Royale mode. I mean, some other people were commenting about how, like, some dude has a katana on his back in one of the scenes mm-hmm. of the trailer and whatnot. And, and, like, I don't know enough about the Japanese involvement and what they wore, but if that's anachronistic, yeah, cool. Yeah. Do it's I like seeing katana katanas sword. in video games? Yes. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Is it historically accurate? Maybe not. Do I yeah. care? No. But and then and that's and I mean I think there is a small number of people complaining about these types of things is that they because Dice came out and said they wanted to make it more accurate <sighs> historically. Yeah, but, probably uh, the environments. And that's probably about it. Yeah, There's well, nothing yeah, else. Exactly. No other system in a video. If game you made so, accurate. if you wanted a historically accurate game, you'd play. Oh shit! It's based on the Daisy engine. I've already forgot the name. Of Arma. Arma three. Yeah, and it's each each round takes like three hours and it's about hiding in the bushes and slowly moving forward because any sign of you will get you fucking killed mm-hmm. and the people who play these games are, want accuracy and they want to try and experience that and they love it and I played one round and I saw what, how cool it was for that point of view it's not something I would do possibly ever again yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. but I mean it's an arcade shooter and yeah historical accuracy means something but it doesn't mean 
that and, and if they want to do that on the on the representation yeah, yeah. side all the power to them and if they want to skew it the other way because things have been not representative that's okay too that is yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just more things to try and see and, yeah. you know i mean what that woman's saying it could she could have like write written notes or text audio logs or anything and that could all be historically accurate why does the vessel yeah. in which that historical accuracy matters to you so much if it's a woman or person of color or someone with a katana i don't know why, yeah, understand I mean, why that matters so were much. you this vociferous about the last samurai <laughs> i hope tom cruise is in the game yeah he just pops up and goes away <laughs> yeah. again instantly yeah um, no, i'll just jump in <laughs> i just mm. jump in and say um so this is this is part of the sort of like the Twitter spat that people are having about it. So uh, a lot of people that are against this coming out saying, um, you know, Dice said that it would be historically accurate, but um, lots of people cannot find where Dice said it would be historically accurate. What they actually said uh, was, we have set out to make a game that is believable with a level of authenticity that mm. ensures we're still delivering an enjoyable and engaging experience. And another tweet, the deepest, most immersive battlefield yet, that's the plan. So they've not said that it's going to be, say, historically accurate, but they want it to be fun. They want to make sure that what they're trying to do pulls you in for it to be immersive, but that it also, it's not just a straight up, as you say, it's not just like an Armour 3, their version of Armour 3, of a very realistic accurate kind of shooter because whilst people love armor 3 and as you'd said it's it's a hard kind of game to get into it's a hard game you also, to, to you play. also have to jump in for two hours at a minimum kind of thing yes the pacing of real life combat is not the same as jumpy jumpy shooty shooty <laughs> and battlefield has always been a jumpy jumpy shooty shooty kind of game yeah yeah, yeah, completely. That's the series, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I think we all know that historical accuracy is just a front for racism and sexism and homophobia yeah. and transphobia and all of that stuff. So even if Dice had said it, people would jump on that bag. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. they've just done that anyway without Dice actually having to say yeah, it. Yeah, so. and, and also, <laughs> I mean, that's why we talked about this before, but people are sort of coming, tweeting out proof of various types uh, that, that women existed in, in the war. It, we know, but as you say, that doesn't matter to them. Yeah, and we know people matter. of colour have existed in World War Two. No, right? no, I mean, they did, no, they didn't exist at all. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I also threw, I mean, a, a lot of this is just people not, they're just they're running their mouths off and they're not actually thinking about kind of what they're saying or doing any kind of research into it. And I spent about two minutes on Google uh, because one of the other issues people have is everyone's going, oh, look at that, look at that woman's robotic arm. Um, oh, weren't they prosthetic? Uh, so oh, she's got cool. a prosthetic, she's got a prosthetic arm with kind of like a clawed hand on. Which, and, I, yeah. I, and I spent two minutes on Google and found a photograph found photographic evidence of a prosthetic that looks almost exactly the same as the one that's depicted in the of battlefield course. trailer that was made during World War Two for yeah. someone to have who'd lost their arm. Yeah. So it's in, in people are, are, are spouting you know to a slightly lesser extent than the um, than the inclusion of women in this game, but they're they're kind of spouting off about this as well, almost as kind of a supporting point to the women in game. You know, like oh, it's not historically accurate. Here's this, and then here's this as well, which is an issue. But yeah. a lot of this can just be so easily cleared up by people actually yeah. 
educating themselves and doing I a little bit of not what research. They want. Yeah, exactly. No, it's not what they want. The it's amount of time it takes to write a tweet, you could have Googled all this ten times yeah. over. But it's like nothing's safe. Like, people with disabilities are probably like our friend Scott Sedman is like, mm. thank you for including someone with a prosthetic arm. Yes, he yeah, was, yeah. Someone who's disabled. And like, this is so sad, I don't even want to say it. But you know the Xbox adaptive controller that... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. super yeah. cool. Yeah. Watching the behind scenes on like YouTube, comments are disabled. Oh, God. For this really? Video. Yeah. Oh. yeah of I mean, that, that makes sense, because that's not what... Cause, I mean, but they don't... I mean, irony of word choice away. is they, there. They open them, they have them open yeah. first, and then they close them. And you know why that is. Yeah, and it's just absolutely disgusting. It's, it's like one of the best feel-good videos I've ever seen. About <laughs> and people games, still, for sure. Still, people still yeah. find the the venom and the malice to say negative things about it. People, people always will, won't they? I mean, yeah. when, I don't think we'll as a society ever get to a point where everyone is happy with everything just because opinion. Yeah, but it's it's mm. yeah, it, but it's the degree in which and sure. the depth to which they are willing to stoop and the things mm-hmm. they say because of the anonymity of the internet, even if it's stuck to your username, the anonymity of not being in front of that person. Because, like, one of the things people used to say about anonymous forums was, like, this was the problem. And that's why, pe- you know, people having handles was a problem. But now most people's handles are their names. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because it's not actually about a direct fear of my name and be, me being attached to this, which was the theory in the like late 90s, early 2000s of the internet. It's it's the fact that I don't have to see you and I don't have to think of you as a real person. I can mm. think of you as something else. And that something else is not what I want to deal with. And you're the enemy. Just go mm. fuck yourself. Yeah. What about yes. <laughs> yes. What light-hearted podcast we've got here. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's, uh, if you if you want to hear a little bit about more about this, then go and um, go, go scour and a, the internet. <laughs> well, yeah, go and have a chat with Lauren Aitken because um, mm, yeah. she got oh, a lot of shit on Twitter for oh, chatting about this did today. Really? So much so that she was um, interviewed on BBC Radio about it. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. yes. I'm going to listen yes. to that. So all of our love to Lauren because yeah. she's excellent yeah. and she didn't have it to get shit tweet. for yeah. her own opinion and stuff. Um, but I think I just I just like to finish by saying if you want a good laugh, then type in "not my battlefield" on Twitter <laughs> to see oh, the uh, the insanity. Uh, but also, dice. I'm starting up my lawsuit because you've stolen my uh, appearance, my identity. There is a gentleman in the battlefield trailer and on the hmm. uh, and on all of the menus and on all the artwork that looks exactly fucking like me. Oh. He's got my beard. He's got my face. He's bald. He really does. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think I saw that picture. Yes. Yeah, yes. In, in fact, to be fair, it was, people picked up on it and said, oh, so I guess you can be like Kratos and got Battlefield V. That's it. It's that one. It's that <laughs> character. It's Kratos. They've not stolen Kratos' identity. They've stolen mine. So I'm coming for you, Dice. Yeah, you look nothing like Kratos. Yeah, <laughs> <the>, uh, tattoos. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> no, you're right. I don't. Um, how are you guys doing for beer? Would you like another yeah. one? Yes, please, after that. Yeah, please. Yeah. Go for it then, Lucy. Uh, as I said, it's another Dark Revolution beer. This one's called Supersonic. And it's a double dry hot pale ale. 5.4%. Again, no flavour text, though. What are you drinking? Who's you? Either of you. Oof. I saw well, I you were I'll just finishing your, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
your your sip. Uh, I'm drinking time the, for you to jump in. <laughs> the plain porter by Porterhouse Brewing Company, brewed in Ireland, um, and it is a. It's your only man. The jewel in our crown was celebrated many years in advance by the president, Jim Casey, poet of the pick and bard of the booster town, when he remarked that when no rashers grease your pan, a pint of plain is your only man. We agree that you're, we're not alone. Our plain porter, our plain porter porter is a lighter version of stout, is a double gold medal winner. It's subtly aromatic, a silky round mouthful with a touch of bitters kicking in at the finish. I thought and you were breaking is, into an Irish accent then. Maybe possibly. <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard to say your man without saying your man. Your man. Um, your man. Four point two percent. Plain porter, double gold medal, winning stout. <laughs> they are good nice. at their stouts. Yes. Yes. I seem to remember. I've had that one as well. And we we did comment on what uh, what awards it was. What awards it won. Oh, did I did I misread and pick a, bar, a beer you already had? Uh, Talked about on the pod. Yes, I think it was just Lucy and I. I don't think you were you were yeah, with us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would remember. I just thought I quickly checked those episodes, but maybe too quick. Mm, that's okay. look at this terrible pour. That's Three okay. inches of head. <laughs> nice, nice. It's very nice um, head, though. Yes, that's what is. she said. Hey. <laughs> uh, I am going to drink the excellently named the Great Corn Julio. From hmm. Tiny Rebel, it's a double rye IPA, and it's got some very, very well um, represented Beaverson butthead style art on the um, on the label. Um, Tiny Rebel, of course, had this issue with the um, the Portman Group. I always remember, I always forget the name of the the group, the ones who are all about beer standards and advertising and all those mm. sorts of things. And they had a run in that basically said your labels. Maybe, possibly, could appeal to children, so you need to change right. it. So, yes. including Beavers and Butthead, Beavers and Butthead definitely isn't for children. It never Do not was. watch Beavers children and Butthead if you are a child. <laughs> I watched it when I was a child, mm. but I probably shouldn't have watched it. That's like every show in the eighties and nineties, isn't it? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shouldn't have watched yes. them. At yes. The time. Um, what did I say? What did I say? This is a double rye IPA. It's eight point four percent. Oh. I'm guessing yes. they use corn rather than rye. Is corn rye? Rye corn? No, they are different maize. things. No, they are yeah. they are different things. See what it says on the ingredients. Um, there's no corn. It's water, malted barley, malted wheat, hops, oats, rye, and yeast. Oh, why do they call it? Is it you say corn, Julio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the great corn, Julio. Although the oh. I suppose the the Beavis and Butthead style character they've got is wearing a crown. Um, I'm mm. pretty sure it was Butthead when he put his t-shirt over his head. Yeah. And he was high, and he stuck his what? hands in the air, and he said, I am the great Corn Julio. All uh, right. But they've confirmed that Corn is right, so I was right. So. What? <laughs> <laughs> it says Corn on the bottle, but it's rye in the beer, so... Who knows? Oh, I, I was know. right. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Dear. We'll have to, have to tweet Tiny Rebel and ask them. Look, I know That's nothing about thinking. science and crops. Don't know anything about periodic <laughs> nothing table. Nothing about crops. Or harvesting. <laughs> crops yeah. That is fair. Also, an, an area have you heard of, have you heard of the little done. point and click adventure about a bumbling fat farmer? It's called Cropsy. Oh, oh no. 
<laughs> they always bring up that game and I don't like it. Forever mentioned. Yeah, I mean, when clowns come up usually, but this time, I just heard crop. There was a pun. Give me a break. You did well. You did well. Uh, yeah. Lucy, how is the beer? Uh, as soon as I smelled it, I was like, ooh. Hmm. It's very tropical and fruity. Pouring it in the glass. Uh, it's a bit darker than the last one. I'd say uh, light ambers. Um about one finger, like more foamy white head this time. Mm. Um full on hazy. Can't see through it at all. Very much mm. looks like uh the juice bomb that you drank before, Ben. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this could be good. Please let it be good. And it was good. It's oh, very good. Oh good. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's very fruity. Quite hoppy, very smooth, very juicy, and a, is it five point four percent? Yeah, five point four percent. I know it's double dry hops, so they're getting more flavour out of that hops and the aroma out of the hops. But even so, for a five point four uh, percent beer, they're doing a lot with it. It's really good. Mm. I'd pick this over the um, pale ale, um, just in terms of. It's not too much higher in its percentage, and but you could still session it, and you're getting a more fruity, uh, more rounded beer. So, mm-hmm. mm, it's really good. Nice. Very good first impression, Dark Revolution. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm. Ooh, good. Good. Someone to uh, to look out for a little bit more. Mm. Excellent. Uh, Adol, how's yours? Um, the head's died down a little. Nose is sort of actually it's sweet a little roasted you know standard sort of portery stouty nose so not too strong so it's sort of can't get a lot of notes out of it which is standard sometimes you'll get a a, a huge hit of maltiness or something and you're getting that it's quite a light nose mm. Mm. that's quite light i guess it's only 4.2 percent but it's um mm. it's uh it leaves your mouth wet, a little bitterness, and a lot of sweetness. Yeah. That lingering sweetness you get with porters and stouts. Um, Is it thin, would you say? it's? Yeah, it's quite, quite thin. Despite having that like ginormous head. Yeah. It's actually quite thin. It's quite drinkable. Um, I'm getting the standard sort of coffee, a little, a little roastedness, but actually not a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the biggest thing is you, there's that sort of sweet bitterness that sort of lingers for quite some time. Yeah, uh, I've said quite a lot, and probably not in the way you British people say quite, because it's a bad thing, and I'm <laughs> saying it quite. as a good thing. Quite. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just very drinkable. It's a really tasty porter. Um, it, it definitely earns its name as plain porter because it's sort of like a quintessential. Yeah, this is a solid example of porter. There's nothing, nothing else going on that's sort of non-portery. Um, yeah, I quite like it. Um, yeah. I'm, I was surprised that it wasn't a little more velvety, a little thicker. Yeah, that, that's the issue I sometimes have with like low ABV stouts and porters. I mean, if I want a stout, if I want a porter, I want that nice creamy, dense mouthfeel that's just comforting, but yeah. not all of them have them, but... Um, mm. Yeah, that's, so a, that's sort it's of... It's all right, you know, it's 
practically summer to have a light porter. Like, in the <laughs> I was going to say, this, yeah. is, this is, is exactly the porter you would seek out in nice mm-hmm. weather when you're like, I kind of feel like a porter, but yeah. usually you wouldn't because they're, they're, they're heavier beers, and this is not. This is a light porter mm-hmm. that still has all the landmarks of a porter, taste-wise, just not quite that mouthfeel, mm-hmm. not quite that heaviness, not, not quite mm-hmm. that alcohol. Um, yeah, it's good, it's good beer. Nice. Nice. Quite good. Uh, quite good. Uh, that moves on to the great Gon Julio. Um, on the nose, it's very sweet, as you kind of would expect from a, from a rye IPA. Um, it's it's not quite as almost gold or yellowy in colour as mm. the um, as the previous uh, previous beer. It's, it's quite a little more too. a little more yeah. It's a little more bronzy. Uh, not quite as hazy. Um, the head lasted maybe just as just as long. There's a slight bit more carbonation than mm. um, the liquid sex robot. Um, but as soon as you sip it, and I don't know whether this is the previous beer overriding it a little bit, that sweetness kind of disappears. It doesn't seem very prevalent in the um, in the flavour at all. Really, uh, have mm. another sip just to double check. Obviously. I mean, even when I put my nose to it, you're still getting those nice, sweet vapours from it. But it's almost a little bit... Um, there's a bit of sweetness coming in, but it's almost a little bit alcoholic. Mm. And mm. You, you get that kind of... That after... It's not to the same kind of extent... But you get that afterburn that you get when you say have a shot of a high alcohol short, really? like Jägermeister or vodka or something like that. There is a that slight that burn. burn to the back end of it. Um, was there ABV? Which again, isn't. Sorry? Uh, it was eight point four, eight point four hmm. percent. Um, so the alcohol comes through on it, and I'm not getting a huge amount more than that mm. really and as i say i don't know whether it's being it's being paired back by the the fruity beer that i've you know, just had before it right um or whether that's kind of all that it's doing it is this mm. big alcohol beer and right. maybe the the rye isn't quite giving it what um well maybe the rye is just backing up that alcohol maybe it's doing exactly what they want it to do um yeah, yeah possibly but it just seems a bit it just seems a bit subdued i suppose just hmm. seems like maybe not enough is quite going on in it I mean, it's, pl- it's pleasant enough uh but i think with that that push of kind of like the alcohol and then the burn it's um it's definitely maybe a one a one beer beer uh we'll see when i get towards the end of it but hmm. yeah not yeah, getting like, a huge amount from it yeah 8.4 percent beer i mean wouldn't expect that like alcohol burn at the end, but I don't know if that's just because brewers have just got gotten better at disguising that kind of like high ABV. Like, Possibly. The sign, sign was telling me last week when I was drinking that eleven percent beer. They said it was a ton of hops, ton of fruit that made that eleven percent beer taste more like a seven percent beer or something like mm. that. So. I don't know, as you said, then maybe it's intentional, maybe yeah. you wanted it to be slightly overpowered with alcohol, but... 
I mean, it's not the uh, so when you have a you know a high alcohol kind of shot, you have this all encompassing mouth burn. This is very much like tip of the tongue and back of the throat kind of burn. It isn't mm-hmm. as intense a burn as you would get from you know uh, from a shot of something, but it's mm. the same feel, mm. um, just a uh, just a lot less, I suppose, not quite as intense as you would get from from something of that other nature um and yeah as i say it's pleasant it's pleasant uh to finish an evening off of yes a a nice (laughs) beer to kind of have as a as an end of night beer definitely uh but we'll see how it develops as we yeah as we go through should we move on to joyous things should we move on to joyous things there's joyous there's, there's got to be some joyous things um we i i suppose some of us have played some games. Um, I think I'd just like to open, and I, I don't want to dwell on this too much, um, but I said I'd speak about uh, Cliff Empire, yeah. which is this oh, city right. builder this city builder game. I'm not going to speak about it again because it's in early access, and they've just released a patch which has changed quite a significant amount of things, and it's, issue, it's changed mm. issues that I actually had with it. Oh. So I want a little bit more time <laughs> to play this build before I kind of talk about it, because obviously, you know, uh, talking about a developer's um, uh, game plan, how they're approaching things, things that they're changing are going to be part of that conversation as well. So I think I need a little bit more time with it uh, before that. But yeah, I... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, thanks. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to um, build a little bit on our last conversation in the After Dark episode uh, about kind of how games um, make you feel. Because I played um, What Remains of Edith Finch and mm. I actually cried at one of the um, vignettes, at one of the... Um, one of the kind of like the story elements. Um, and it very much... Well, it revolved around a baby being in the bath. Um, uh, and What Remains of Edith Finch is a game all about uh, a family who have very unfortunate um, ends to their lives. You know, none of them live very long. Uh, some of them, some of them do, but then you know they have accidents and things like that. And you're you're going through this house, recalling, uh, you know, how these family members passed away, and the the scene with the baby in the bath i suppose it hit me obviously because i have a child uh and that's something hammered into you before you have a baby um you know by various antenatal classes and it's like common sense as well you know don't leave your child in the bath uh, by themselves just let the swans have it it'll be fine um it's it wasn't just the idea of this baby kind of like losing its life in the bath it was much more about the way that it plays and how you interact with the environment and what you're doing and then how that baby, or at least how the game makes you feel that the the baby perceived what they were doing that almost gives it this beautiful element to it. Um, and you know, I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't played it. And I, uh, have you played it at all? I don't think you have. Not yet, no. No. So I don't want to kind of spoil anything. But they they kind of approach a lot of um, these ideas of uh, of the death of, of family members in very interesting and mm. 
fanciful very, ways. Fan, yeah, yeah, fanciful, very mm. bittersweet kind of ways. Mm. Uh, but the one with the, the the baby in the bath absolutely just nailed me. And <laughs> I say I say I cried at it. I was just sat there, and as kind of the I felt that I was getting towards the end of it, I wasn't sat there sobbing, but I just had tears just streaming down my face. Mm. I'm just like fuck me. This is absolutely. This has just nailed me. <laughs> this is just this has just hit me in a way that nothing has kind of hit me, uh, you know, recently or, or even if at all, you know. Um, yeah. So I just thought it built quite well on our last conversation. Um, not a sexy moment, but definitely an yeah. emotional, yeah. definitely an emotional moment. Um, yeah, when I was playing that, I was just like mm, straight faced onto the next one, but I'm <laughs> a child, probably for good reason, because <laughs> that's something I'd do. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but yeah I think... I've heard a lot of people have cried at that game I don't know at what point but I'd imagine for a lot of parents that would probably be one of the times where they, if like they could measure the data and just the amount of tears falling, falling into like the jewel shock or something I think that would be probably <laughs> collect your tears yeah that's probably what Mark, you know, Mark Cerny wanted to do because he wanted to make like a smelling device in it or something <laughs> I bet he's collecting tears. I bet there's data somewhere. And yeah, sweat. Maybe that's what but your your tell. camera like. Your camera is always on, and it can you know they've got really good facial recognition, and it knows exactly what you're feeling at every single moment, perhaps. Yeah, every time your PSVR doesn't calibrate. <laughs> it's tear inducing. It is. Um, I think I wanted to uh, kind of touch on. Um, that you and I have discussed a little bit of, of what remains of Edith Finch, Lucy, because um, I was chatting to you when I finished it, uh, and it, it recently won the BAFTA for best uh, best narrative. Mm. I, I can't remember, but it's one best writing of something around. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Um, but we were actually talking about how some of these um, some of these stories hit, and some of them kind of don't really, and mm. that that maybe there's a little bit of an um, like an imbalance between some of them. Some of them were perhaps maybe not more important, uh, but some of them were given a little bit more emphasis to yeah. and maybe had a little bit more time to develop than, than others, perhaps. And I also think it's what you can relate to because I think yeah, the bath one for you is obviously something really relatable, but um, like a lot of them, the, overall the game just... I, I, I enjoyed the game, I appreciate the game, I, I enjoy the fact that there are so many different mechanics at play in each vignette. Mm -hmm. Very big undertaking, undertaking by such a yeah. team. I do have you know massive respect for it, but it didn't resonate with me as much as it did with other people, but it's like the um, the one with the chopping the fish heads. That yes. resonated with me. That I thought that was a really powerful, powerful yep. one, but some of the others didn't quite get there for me, but... Um, but yeah, just, I think it's a case of some were definitely stronger than the others, um, and some. I guess it depends on who you are as a person and how that reflects upon your life. I mean, the callback to the developer's previous game yeah. probably stirred me emotionally more than some of the other ones. So, mm. Mm. but that's because I love that game. But. Maybe for other people who never played that game, that wouldn't have been a thing. So yeah, they they wouldn't yeah. know what it was what mm. it was calling back to. I suppose yeah. yes, yeah, very much. Uh, and as you say, yeah, I guess it's all about sort of like relatability and things. And 
um, you know, unless you're much later in life and you've had, a, you know, an absolute ton of experiences and you've lost a lot of people in various different ways and stuff, then not everything is going to, you know, relate to you in this kind of in this kind of game where they're trying to, I suppose, hit quite a broad um, scope in their narrative. You know, mm. they can't just have everyone uh, everyone pass in very similar kind of ways or I suppose even quite standard kind of ways you know everything is 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 very sort of dramatic sometimes it's it's slightly understated but it's 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 quite dramatic in the way that people kind of like find their end as such so to try and what was coming at the end as well so I think that yeah yeah I mean they 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 kind of in general terms I know I know (laughs) they do foreshadow it at the beginning of the game Mm. um but uh, yeah it's um I think it's quite well crafted. Even if some parts yeah. don't, even if some parts don't hit, as you say, there's still a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of mechanics that they have tried to weave into each of the different stories, and they never really repeat very much at all. Um, so it, it's, it seems like for a small team, a lot of work has gone into that mm. game, and it's yeah. and it's good that they're getting the kind of like the plaudits, um, you know, that they are because they're doing something different. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the theme of our show this evening: people doing something different. Mm. Um, because otherwise, it would have just been chalked up as a walking simulator. Yeah, exactly. Is, yeah, it takes a genre to a new level. It's a narrative storytelling game, but you have the mechanics in that to keep it interesting, even if those mechanics are very simple. Mhm. Okay. Mhm. Yeah, completely. Um and I, I I suppose my final point I um there's some trophies associated with doing things within the um within the environment as you're kind of like playing the game in these different stories. Um and they they're very easy to go and kind of like collect. So I had nothing to do on one lunchtime after I'd finished the game. Uh, so I jumped back into each of the stories to do what the trophy things were because I didn't have anything else pressing to play at that moment. Um, and one of them is related to the kid in the bath. And and I, I could feel myself, even mm. on the second playthrough, I could feel myself uh, you know, feeling exactly how I did on my first playthrough. So I did what I needed to do for the trophy and just turned the game off. I'm like, done, thanks, yep, great. <laughs> Bye. I don't. I don't need to experience it again. Yep. Excellent. Bye. Thanks. Delete the game. Done. Thanks. <laughs> Sometimes it's nice to have that catharsis and uh, to be able to kind of like express that emotion, even if it is something you know uh, a little more tugging, uh, and a little a little more harsh. Uh, but maybe maybe twice in two days, I didn't quite I didn't quite need that twice in two days. You know, I, I got what I needed out of the first playthrough, so I, uh, <laughs> I, wasn't, I, think I was ready to do it again. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but it's... Um, I don't know whether it's still in the um, sale on um, PSN, but uh, I only picked it up at the end of last week, I think, uh, so a week ago. But it's, yeah, I mean, for, for kind of like the experience you're getting, uh, at sale prices, it is extremely cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of um, a, a couple of sessions, sort of sitting, to be able to kind of like play through it. I think I so. played it in one sitting. It's yeah, it's two, not long. Hours, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I bought it full price or with like PS Plus ten percent discount or whatever. And yeah, I'd play that again. For yeah, that experience. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, Adol, as you haven't played it and you've been quiet for some time, 
Have you played anything, or have you got anything else to uh, to, yeah, to draw to our I, attention? I played the Knights of Pen and Paper plus one. Oh, oh. interesting. Um, which I've had in my library for shrug years. Question yes. Mark? <laughs> yeah. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, real play uh, RPG podcasts. I find them fascinating. I mean, I don't have a good group here to play these things, and it's it's a nice. If you ne- never experienced tabletop role playing games, it's interactive storytelling with improv and the element of chance to really disrupt those things. So normally mm. the GM or DM has a sort of plan for how things might go, but because the group is ultimately of players is ultimately in control, sometimes they immediately make a move that the GM has no idea. Like it goes away from the plan, and then a good GM will roll with it and try and figure out what elements of their plan they can still reintegrate, etc. So to, just to just to interject myself, I am um, I, as a younger man, I used to play D and D. Uh, you know, edition? like uh, third edition every other weekend, mm. and um, we once—I mean, this was—we were maybe sixteen at the time, um, and we went to a mate's house. We had this big session planned. I was playing; I wasn't—I um, wasn't DMing, mm. and we got super, super high, <laughs> and um, we were going through the story. We'd completed the quest that, um, that that he'd laid out for us. And then he took us to kind of, at least we didn't realize, or I didn't realize, um, that it was the next story hook to get us on the next kind of like the next quest that we were going to do. Mm. And, you know, going all about it being um, players can kind of do what they want and the, the, the DM sometimes has to roll with stuff. This guy, uh, the, 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 the DM came along and said it's something like this, this old haggard gentleman we'd just been in a fight or something and we got thrown out of a tavern and he said this old haggard gentleman comes out of the shadows clapping saying well done gentlemen and i just said let's kill him so we proceeded to uh to just Lynch kill the, the guy giver. that was gonna then give us the next quest yeah. <laughs> and I thought, brilliant we ended it for the night then he the, yeah. the, the dm just went no i'm done I'm done. Let's just, <laughs> let's just have a smoke and just not not play anymore that, that's, that's enough really funny. for now um, obviously, because so Knights and Pen and Paper is basically you playing a tabletop RPG where you you have you start with one or two two characters and you pick their class and they can have certain perks mm. based on the type of player. So some players are extraordinarily lucky. Some players get you know extra mana every turn. So you can sort of combine a class that uses a lot of magic with with the player type that gets sort of mana whatever, and then you just kind of get put it and i really like the visual effect which is the like game master you know like a purple robe in front of a or behind a table and then your people literally sitting at the table Mm. uh and then you he offers you quests and you click on quests and it's like you know for for x experience you can fight uh, these bad guys in the town and then you can choose to fight and you can choose how many you you fight at a time so if it's beat seven and you're low level you fight them one or two at a time um, and you have escort missions, and you have sort of other quests that allow you to, like, find my lost loved one. And then it makes you you travel around the map. And when you move to another place, it literally just changes the background, and you're still okay, people yep. at a table, etc. cetera. Uh, and it was, it was quite enjoyable to, like, be a tongue-in-cheek, um, very, very, like, click-and-playable version of um, these, these tabletop games. I mean, I mean, you don't get the reason why I like them, which is the... Um, 
interactive storytelling and the fact that you can do whatever the fuck you want. It's like pick from this basket of quests, which will be at this level range, at this location, or travel to this other place, etc. But, I mean, there's there's some skill to, like, managing your mana and, like, every level you get to put a point in unlocking abilities or upgrading abilities, which will, like... The the rogues knock like knockout punch. If you put money in it, it'll cost another mana, but it'll knock someone out for an extra round. Mm-hmm. So you can do crowd control, etc. Nice simple RPG mechanics. Um, and I've played maybe an hour or two of it, and uh, I might go back. It's a really it's because there's no real extensiveness to the missions, and you're mm. essentially just clicking through. You just have to finish the fight, and then you can walk away. Um, and as you earn gold, you can pay money to buy more character slots up to four or five um and that's kind of fun because then you can like oh okay i kind of wish i had one of this type and then whatever uh it's you it's on sale a lot it's really mm. cheap it's 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 a good sort of diversion type game especially mm-hmm. if you have Very any much. fondness yeah. for tabletop games um or if you're actually just curious sort of how the rpg mechanics that we have and like classical roles we have in games came from these tabletop um you know, dice and paper, pen and paper, I should say, RPGs. This is a good way of, like, seeing what those, like, bog-standard quests were. Like, when you buy the, the the manuals, you've got, like, some very simple quests or whatever, and you could play just out of the book, if, or you could get a GM to, like, design a grand adventure. Um, and this sort of gives a taste for that, like, what that's like and how everyone has a turn and, like, how the dice roll can really fuck things up. But mostly it was just, it was it's it's a diversion that, if you have any nostalgia for it, that type of thing makes it a you know a reasonable diversion if you don't i don't know but fun fun it's little really game reasonably cheap. Rated, isn't it? yeah it's i mean it yeah. does exactly what you you would think obviously you're not getting these long quests and maybe you know when i move to the next big town there might be a longer multi-arc quest i don't know but it's just it is exactly sort of what i thought it was going to be but it does that really really well it does yeah. I, I remember sort of sinking maybe um you know six eight hours yeah. into it something like that uh, and it, it, it is fun. It does give you, as you say, it does give you sort of like those experiences that you, you kind of you don't get from, um, you know, uh, from RPGs as such. You know, setting up the table and having you opposite, kind of like your your party opposite the DM, and it breaks the fourth wall in quite a lot of ways with its humour. And there's quite a lot of um, uh, like touchstones as well in terms of um, in terms of like culture and stuff. You know, it makes jokes. Uh, oh yeah, for know, sure. Based on it, it based on a lot humorous, of entertainment, yeah. you know, franchises and things like that, um, and it, it was fun. I I think I picked up the second one as well because uh, mm. it's Knights of Pen and Paper two. And I think I picked up the second one when it was in a um, when it was in a sale, but I I've only you know I opened it up and opened it and played it for maybe an hour, so I can't attest to what improvements it's possibly made on the um, on the first game or anything. Uh, but yeah, I'd imagine if you if you just want something that's easy to play. Um, you know that you can do in very small chunks that you can kind of just yeah, exactly. work your way through when you you know when you when the mood takes you then it, this is a very good game to yeah. kind of just have in your library to be able to do that yeah it's kind of takes the same the place of like uh puzzle games and sort of i want to play a game for a few minutes um and then walk away from and most puzzle games are just like that you know you can start the puzzle most of them you can only have to like finish but it's the same idea of like play a burst because I need mm. a diversion. I'm not really trying to sink into gaming gaming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, completely. Nice. Nice. That's a good recommendation mm-hmm. for, for anyone to kind of have in their, their Steam library. Even mm. if you don't kind of 
play those pen and paper games uh, like you say it, it kind of it can take the place of maybe sort of like those puzzle games that um that you've got in there that yeah, maybe acts it. as a diversion and stuff like that so yeah and like it's a nice distillation of the rpg mechanics yeah. we're all familiar with in a, in a way that's for like you still i mean you know you, you know the order people are going in um so you can kind of plan oh i'll drop a heal on this guy and then he'll get hit etc or whatever and you still have the strategy of like do you want to focus on one guy and do some crowd control on the other guys because you're fighting five dudes or do you want to spread it out because you think you can last better and mm. whatever blah 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 um yeah it's yeah it's, it's, there's just considering it is just you turn wise going with you know not a lot of graphical indications except numbers in front of the enemy's heads signifying what order they go it's it's surprisingly like especially when you start unlocking a lot of abilities and like crowd control you track a lot it's it's still a strategic game even if it's simple yeah yeah, yeah. definitely hmm. nice good endorsement um lucy let's hmm. jump to you what have you been playing what have you got for us uh, i've played a few things so i'm only briefly gonna touch on them this is lucy's uh indie lightning round so, <laughs> have you got a list? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, it's a short list. Um, I played Quarantine Circular. I'm not going to talk about it because I know Ben's going to play it and I do hope you do as well. Um, the next Mike Biffle game that just came out of nowhere, was it two hmm. days ago? Uh, Mike yeah, just dropped it. Yesterday? Yeah. yeah. I think it was two days ago because I was okay. at 2am playing it. So, and that wasn't <laughs> yesterday. So. Um... Yeah, two days ago, which was... I don't know. I don't know what day of the week it is. Um, but yeah, Thursday. we'll talk about that next week or the week. Yes, After. yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just dropped it out of nowhere and he's like, that's made my day ten times better, so thank you. That was mm. good. Um, if you like subsurface, it's circular. Exactly the same thing, just a different um, kind of palette on it, different setting. You're on a mm. boat and you're speaking to an alien rather than robots. <laughs> right. But... um. Other than that, I played a noir adventure game called A Case of Distrust, hmm. which is um, played it on PC. Um, I think it's it, the aesthetic is like really cool, just like um, very minimalist, uh, like noir kind of look to it, and noir music, noir setting set in like um, I think pre. Prohibition in America, LA. Mm. Um, stories, so and so. I think it's a case of more style over substance, but okay. the style was good enough to uh, carry it for me. It's about three hours long. Um, if it's on sale, I'd recommend picking it up just for like, a quick little um, adventure game where you're trying to like discover. Basically, you you take you're a private detective and take on a client, and you're just trying to. Um, discover why this guy's being threatened. This bootlegger's being threatened. There's a few twists in it. Few. It, it, it's interesting enough to keep your attention for like the three hours that it lasts. Um, mm. But some of the, it kind of trying does that um, sort of LA noir thing where you're trying to not disprove but like contradict um, people and their statements right. with evidence that you find by speaking to other people, but. Uh, the mechanics of that kinda sometimes don't work because mm. 
it, it, you basically have this notebook, but it literally logs everything. Like, no. if I looked at a plant and that's just giving more flavour text, <laughs> somehow <laughs> that will appear in the notebook as if I wanted to actually talk about that to anyone, because it has mm. absolutely no weight to the story. And it's like, just, just don't put that in the notebook. And it's like, you can be cycling through all these things. It doesn't cross out what you've actually asked. So you can be asking the same thing without knowing it, just because you've forgotten what you've asked. And right. the protagonist, not the protagonist, the uh, p- person that you're speaking to, the person of interest that you're speaking to, they'll be like, oh, well, I have nothing to say about that. And a lot of the game is just basically cycling through different things you can say to them until you finally, sometimes accidentally, yeah. uh, Sorry. <laughs> approach your point on what you actually should say to them. But yeah, that's that's all right. It's a decent game. Decent game. Recommend on sale. <laughs> uh, okay. I played a mobile game. I, I, was the so? Did you finish the the previous game? Did you finish it? Yeah, yeah. It's only about three hours long. Okay. So, yeah, it had a it had a nice uh, nice ending. I won't spoil mm. it. Mm. Uh, mobile game, which I definitely finished because it's only about forty minutes long. Um, it's called. Homo Machina? Yeah, that's the one. I think I spoke oh, about I've this seen, briefly. I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Where it's basically an inspiration of uh, illustrations drawn by Fritz Kahn, who, if you don't know, you've probably seen his illustrations, where he basically maps out the human body in terms of like, um, like different mechanical sections. Mm. Yeah. So, in the game, you're going into these different mechanical sections which are run by little teeny tiny people in your body and you're just solving puzzles for example where you go into like the nasal canal and you have to like swipe away mucus from the nose and all these little people <laughs> pulling levers and switching buttons and everything it's it's, it's really light-hearted it's fun it's it's quite short but i enjoyed what it was it was a very novel com- concept so i think it's like 2.99 I think it's on iOS and Android. Okay. So yeah, I definitely recommend that. You probably see it on the front page of Google Play Store or right Apple Store eventually, because I imagine it's going to get quite a few plaudits despite being mm. so short. Because it's it, it's got a nice tender story to it. It's basically you're trying to get this guy throughout his day um, from waking up to going out on a date and. Uh, as you can probably tell, it, it ends up going well, and then it's quite lighthearted at the end. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good game. Nice. I think you, you say um, you know get applauded despite its kind of its its length and stuff. I think we've always got to a point uh, where we've been able to kind of like move past hmm. the idea of a, a game needing to hold you for a certain amount of time, or that money and and you know equates to time almost in, in kind of like what you're purchasing can't move past women or people of color in games but we no. can at least move past <laughs> you know the idea that not every game has to be 120 hours long or 8 hours uh, have an 8 hour campaign and a multiplayer experience we have different experiences and different stories that that mm. can be told in much shorter sections and yeah. and actually you know a lot of i suppose as the kind of the gaming community ages 
Um, the idea that a game respects your time or that it's actually a little bit shorter and you can you can hit it in a very short space of time is a benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah, actually totally. works well for a game. We were talking about uh, Florence and yeah, how sure. that seemed to be almost the the kind of like the exact right amount of time. You know, it, it hit Agreed. that, it hit its... its what it wanted to say in 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 the way that it wanted to say it exactly the right amount of time that if it had started to repeat mechanics that that maybe it might start to feel a little bit drawn out perhaps yeah. and that they were trying to get a little bit more out of it and actually where they did repeat mechanics they were used in a slightly different way so that worked well for that game but Florence isn't isn't long mm. no yeah that's the example that I was going to give straight away when you started yeah. talking about that Florence is what 45 minutes long an hour it's not even yeah long. maybe an hour yeah yeah maybe an hour you know just as you say hit all those beats in the right amount of time um i think with homer machina um the fact that there's obviously so many like not to sound gross but bodily systems like um <laughs> you do touch on like the nerves nervous system and then you know all these different other systems could have been tapped into mm-hmm. and i think i mean there's obviously a small team small budget and there's a lot of polish and quality to what they do have in the game but yeah i think i think if maybe they could have explored new and different systems i think it's because there's a lot of untapped potential mm-hmm. whereas like a game like florence yep said all it needed to say i mean this has a very you know nice wrapped up story as well but it's just like oh i'd love to see a, a bit more what they could have done with other things you know does does that open it for a? Do you think there's enough for a second game? Um, or do you think perhaps if they'd have taken it to could, maybe like if they'd have taken it to maybe an hour, maybe an hour and ten minutes or something like that, you know, maybe made it half the, the time again mm. on top, that it would have given they, you they a little have. bit more. Yeah. yeah, and I think like what a game like this would probably benefit from is like maybe DLC or something. I don't okay. think I think it's a very novel concept, but. I don't know how much mileage that you can get out of this concept, um, other than just doing other areas of the body. But right. I'd imagine those mechanics would probably be still be quite similar to the original game. So maybe you know DLC. It's like, oh, he's going to the gym this time. These are all the things that are happening. But as I say, it's, it's a good, it's a good, neat little package anyway, despite mm. everything. Mm. Nice. Yeah, just one more game I want to touch on. Very Ooh. briefly. Okay. It's called The Adventures of Elena Temple. Oh, yes. You shared, you shared <laughs> yes. this. And this is how much I want Virtual Console RIP on the Switch. Hmm. Is the fact that I'm going to buy a game where you can literally palette swap the kind of aesthetic to it. So you can go from, like, I don't know, Commodore 64 all the way up to like Game Boy Advance, NES, SNES, so you can play like 8-bit or 16-bit. And it's basically a platformer with little puzzle rooms. There's probably, I don't know, probably 50 puzzle rooms. You have to collect 120 coins, 8 gems, and you're filling out the map as you go around. Mm. But I just wanted to play it. I think it's like £4. <laughs> I just wanted to play it so I had the nice old-school Game Boy. Yeah, Can't that's that slightly yellow hue to it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I picked. Nice. And I nice. enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's like three hours. Or two. Yeah. Depends on how you 
<laughs> so again, another another like tight little experience, but actually something yeah. that gives you a little bit more. Yeah, I was like, mm. you know what? I'm just gonna buy this. Had a day off the other day. I thought, I'm gonna sit down and play this, and I enjoyed myself. Good. Nice. Mm. Yeah, nice, nice nostalgia throwback, even though it wasn't a game, actual Game Boy game. Yeah. Mm. But I think more mm. of the. I think they spent more of their time making those different palettes and art styles than actually uh, putting content into the game, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is admirable. But you know, <laughs> it's, it's interesting that they've kind of like gone for that, and they've gone for the idea that you can you can tailor it to whichever kind of like nostalgic trip that you feel that day yeah, that you grew uh, up with as well. Yeah, right? yeah. Rather than picking a, rather than you know coming out as. You know, minute came out and it's in that like one bit black and white style and going. This is the art style. We want it to be simple. We're mm-hmm. going to be able to convey what we want in this style uh, or Undertale or something like that. Having a very specific kind of style for this to allow a not not agency in its characters or what mm. you're actually able to do in the game, but agency in the way that you want to experience yeah. it almost. I think that's more of the draw yeah. in the actual gameplay. Gameplay is very simple. <laughs> it's like it's just jumping and you press like B to shoot t- two little bullets and t- snakes and bats. And it's very simple. Nice. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. Good. It took, me, took me back. Mm. Mm. Excellent. There's, sometimes that's what you want. Sometimes that's exactly what you want. Yeah, and for £4 I was happy to have that experience. Yeah. So that's why Nintendo could probably sell me the entirety of their back catalogue <laughs> on the Switch and I'd just buy it. But they're stupid and they hate money. No, well, they want they, they want to be able to like rent out things or something. They've got some bullshit plan. <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, want to play knowing, knowing Nintendo for, it's gonna be like online. Yeah, yeah, sure. it's like in store buying of little loot boxes that have seventeen digit codes that may or may not unlock a game you want, but it's probably balloon fight after you've already bought balloon fight once. Or ice climbers or something like that, yeah. Hey, I, I, I don't know why I said balloon fight, I actually quite like that game. <laughs> Yeah, we're just grasping at like an old game that people might like, want to play. I don't need to play any more Bubble Bubble. Yeah. Oh, really? uh, you know what it's going to be? It's that going to be that um, that Donkey Kong Gallagher, though. Um, game, Gradius, Arithmetic. Yeah. You ever play Arithmetic? No. Starring little baby Donkey Kong, and it gives you a number at the top, and you have to climb vines within a time limit and get get numbers and then um, mathematical connectives. So like it's eighteen. So you have to go. Four times four plus two. <laughs> no. Arithmetic was a terrible game. Although it was kind of fun to play two player because you kind of be like, oh, fuck, I don't know math. And so you'd actually like, you'd watch the other you person struggle with like, because yeah. one thing you could do is just like abuse low numbers and, and plus and times and try and get there quickly, like just by just being quick. And then the other person's like, aha, I have figured out. And then it's like, no, then, I needed like, that the smallest for. amount of moves. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, this is not an endorsement. It is a dumb dumb game. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, a dumb dumb game, not for dumb dumbs. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Let's finish there on the dumb dumb, not dumb dumb <laughs> games. Uh, beers. Let's talk about our beers. Uh, Lucy, as you mm. have kicked us off each time with the beer that you're drinking, why don't you mm. kick us off with the beer that you preferred? 
Yeah, they were both really good. Uh, but it's definitely the supersonic double dry hot. Uh, what are they calling it? Pale ale? Or, yeah, just the pale ale. Mm. Double dry hot pale ale. 5.4%. I got so much like fruit, um, fruity aromas and flavours. Double dry, double dry hop in that beer. Um, it was just like the pale ale, but taken up a notch. So that's my favourite this week. Mm, nice, mm. nice. I, I think we could kind of get that from the way that you were kind of talking about it when you, you know, you, when you first started tasting it. But. Yeah, when when she said yeah. literally, I like this one more than the other one. Yes, yeah. that part exactly, exactly yeah. that part. Sorry, should have kept that. spoilers. But both from uh, from Salisbury-based Dark Revolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check them out. Nice, uh, Adol. How about you, dude? Um, I think I'm going to go with the Partisan Rowan Tree, which okay. I don't think I said the tree part because I just looked at the label and realized that the Rowan up the left side had a tree up the right side of the label, the Dipper. I really liked the so I liked the uniqueness of this sort of light porter. Mm. Uh, and the fact that it hit all the porter notes except for sort of heaviness. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I, I think I'm just set in my ways, and it might have won gold medals somewhere. But uh, to me, a porter has to just have some more oomph. And yeah. sure, you can't. You, I, and I, I, I think for a 4.2 percent porter, I doubt I can ha- find a better example. Mm. But really, I, I guess mm. my problem is it's still a 4.2 percent porter, and you don't get those that like velvety texture and that heaviness and that strength of the malts malt taste is just not there because it's just a little too weak yeah I felt exactly the same way about that porter exactly the same so I can completely understand where you're um, where you're coming from with that um, for me this week um, the Great Corn Julio it has developed a little bit um, I'm getting a slight amount of fruit off of it, uh, only a very very small amount. It's very subdued, very pared back, uh, but it's doing a little bit more than just giving me this alcoholic kind of burn. Uh, but definitely the liquid sex robot from Lervig. <laughs> we'll That's never get a, old. It won't. It won't. I'll have to have it again next week. Um, the liquid sex robot, which is the 7.9% double IPA, um, was a a good big fruity hazy juice bomb uh, exactly yeah. exactly what i wanted kind of at the end of today and uh, i mean even if it was a you know a slightly well it has rained actually here whilst we've been recording and stuff i was going to say if it was a slightly wetter stormy night i think this would have still won it has been a slightly wetter night and it is still sort of the the, the pick of this week for me uh, i think it just did a lot more than the um, than the tiny rebel um, and you know, I, I quite like it when these slightly bigger alcoholic beers mask it to a certain extent and are able to blend it in with the kind of like the flavour that they um, that they want to push towards you. So I think maybe the liquid sex robot was a little bit better balanced in that um, in that essence. Um, plus, it's got some you know both have both have good sort of art. On their um, on their labels, uh, but I think the liquid sex robot, even in that aspect, goes a little bit further with the um, slightly pulled down blind and um, some guy humping a robot. That, that works very, <laughs> it works very well, very very literal, but it works uh, it works very well. 
So they've been our favourite beers. Uh, Lucy, if people want to um, want to tell you why you shouldn't be in Battlefield Five, how do they do that? <laughs> they can go fuck uh, themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can do exactly that. Yes. Well, me personally wouldn't be good in Battlefield Five because I'd die immediately. Um, having said that, having seen you play, I don't know you don't like it, but having seen you play multiplayer FPSs before, gladly have you on my team anytime, oh, <laughs> regardless of what the, sprite you happen to be playing. I'm in real life, I'd die immediately. Uh, playing it, I'd also die immediately, because that's what happens to me every time I play Battlefield. That's really? why I don't play it. Because you are yeah. fucking a force to be reckoned with on, like, Titanfall. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's because I put like 300 hours into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone wants to play Black Ops 1 with me on backwards compatibility, hit me up at Tanked Up Lucy. On Twitter, at JuicyLoose9, on Xbox and PlayStation. And, and Untapped? And Untapped, it's just Juicy Loose. I should just change it to Juicy Loose 9. Yeah, just that. just make it easier across. Uh, yeah, tank that board, make it easier it? for yeah. myself and my old brain. Or, or tank. I suppose that's the thing. You could change tank it to up tanked Lucy. up Lucy everywhere, but that means that you'd be tied into us forever. Yeah, and I'm hoping to ditch you lot soon. Exactly. <laughs> but then I mean, PlayStation. It's smart to do it on Twitter because you can't you can change, change it on name PlayStation, name. can you? Mm-hmm. You can't change it on PlayStation, so oh, you'd God, always you be yeah. Juicy oh, Lucy yeah. Nine on anyway. PlayStation, at least until the E3 reveal of name changes. I'll just sigh. I'll just. <gasps> it took you that long. <laughs> this isn't news, guys. Put it in a press release. Exactly. And you know yeah. the Sony fans go like, "Whoa, yeah!" and lose their Woo! minds. <laughs> and one yes, more thing, change. you yeah. can change your name on PS. Fuck For off. ten pounds. And, and they're and they're all gonna change it to Sony Fanboy X. For X is obviously a placeholder. Whatever number they managed to get. Exactly three thousand seven hundred and fifty-two. Adol, how do people speak to you, Sue? So. Um, uh, by the time this episode's released, you can find me on all platforms at SonyBoy five 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 seven nine four two. If it happens to get it in advance, you can find me at the Omniarch T H E O M N I A R C H on all of the things except Twitch, where it's the underscore Omniarch, and nothing's happened on that for months, if not a year. But feel free to look at it. Yes, until at least Battlefield V yeah. comes out and we attempt to uh, get back into some multiplayer online shooter game, possibly. Oh, I think we should just start streaming, like, Quake 3 Arena. <gasps> oh, let's do that. I'm well up for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to talk to me, I'm at Nova underscore 47 or Nova underscore 47 on various platforms, Steam and PlayStation. We are at TankedUp underscore cast. You can find us on outoflives.net where there's lots of other podcasts and articles or videos you can go to youtube.com slash outoflives to find other things that we produce which are also replicated over on the site but you might get them on youtube a little bit quicker than you get them on the site and don't forget we have a facebook page which is the out of lives network facebook page which uh, we're trying to move tanked up Facebook page too. So if you are a, a member of the tanked up facebook page try and migrate yourself over because we there's no sense in us having both and so this is the beginning of the end of the tanked up facebook page who knows whether there'll be an end ever though exactly and we haven't we haven't posted on posted either for ages either. have we so yeah, yeah. i'll just um, change I, my facebook to tanked up yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say this: um, we do we do occasionally when we get heads ups on things like when Humble Bundle gives away a free game, we do post it to the Out of Lives Network page. Like for instance, for the next two days, that's the up until the twenty sixth of May, um, they are giving away a copy of Hacknet, which is a great little game. And if mm. you need oh, to find yeah. a link to oh, that they? exact, yeah, oh. that. If I, I don't know. That I would be terrible at that game, but I think I've always, um, I think it's been in my yeah. wish list. Yeah, so so you can grab it now, and if you need the link, just go to the Out of Lives Facebook page. It's already there. Oh, nice, mm, nice. That's some swift, DOS. some swift work, sir. DOS. Well, you guys were talking about some bullshit games that you were playing that I didn't know about, so I just posted it to the page. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually because you were posed talking about um, Edith Finch, and it's like. I could listen to this, and I know they're going to avoid spoilers, but I'd rather just mentally avoid this conversation and That's do fair. something productive yeah. for them. Because mm, um, like, not even any puns were dropped. Yeah. During that. Couldn't hear Same. a pin drop or a pun drop. Just Oof. pure. Oof, a Very good. Lucy, very proud of you in this moment. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. Yes, so other pods that you might be interested in are also at outoflives.net, and we have, you know, articles and shit. And stuff. <laughs> Tings and stuff, yes. Yeah. Oh, and there might be a brand new comedy podcast coming soon on the Other Lives Podcast uh, Network. Ooh, yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned for pure bants, laughs, hilarity. Oh, no, it's it's a live comedy podcast. It'll uh, literally be um, a, 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 a comedy night at a pub. Yeah, but there'll be bants with the audience. Oh, I guess I don't really call it bants. Okay. Heckling. Perhaps, perhaps. Good. Anyway, let's leave it there for another. Uh, GDPR. Week. No, no, let's, oh, we don't send you oh. anything, so don't worry about it. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit, yeah, yeah. We God don't have, we don't have any of your data. Yeah, we're not going to flood your email, junk mail box. Yeah. So, um, hashtag not my battlefield. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good luck. Uh. <laughs>